This week's episode is sponsored by May Botanicals, small batch botanical skincare that is responsibly grown, harvested, and handcrafted by Dr. Carrie Logan. May Botanicals offers plant-infused facial oil, sugar scrub, and body butter, as well as a limited quantity of summer-specific boxes to help you care for your skin, connect with the element of fire, and build meaningful rituals. Call on the magic of summer. Pre-order your seasonal box today at maybotanicals.com or on Instagram at maybotanicals. That's M-A-E botanicals.com. Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about magic, creativity, the tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I'm so happy you're here. I am so excited to be here with you today. It is Gemini season. I love this time of year. As I am recording this, there is a gorgeous little hummingbird outside of my window sipping from a unique pink flower from a tree I have. And I bought it just because it was unique and unusual and I've never seen anything like it. And if that's not a Gemini moment, I don't know what is. Mercury's in Gemini. Today is a solar eclipse in Gemini. This is a lot of gem, a lot of gem energy. If you want to do a ritual and read a lovely piece I wrote about connecting to your inner wild twin. That is in the Many Moons Lunar Planner. If you haven't gotten it yet, you can scoop the digital guide from our store. I'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's a piece called Wild Self-Welcoming with a tarot spread, a ritual, and meditation you can do today or through the weekend designed to support you in calling back and integrating a precious aspect of yourself. As we all know, Gemini is about connection, pollination, and dissemination. You know, the seeds start to come out of the earth during Aries season. We know that the glyph for Aries is a ram's horn, and it's also a little green start saying hello, curling up. And some folks also posit that it is a womb. It's birthing energy. Then during Taurus season, we stabilize, we materialize, we attune, we tend, we check out what is tangible, we build, we feed, we enjoy. And Gemini is when the flowers have bloomed in the Northern Hemisphere. The bees are buzzing and life forms of all kinds are communicating with one another and communing with one another. We know that Gemini is a mutable sign and mutable signs are no strangers to change. They shapeshift and mutate, you know, and obviously every single zodiac sign has to do with relationships. You know, we know that everything is a relationship. We know that relationships are how we grow. 
and how we shape our lives and how we are shaped. But I will say that this archetype and air energy highlights relational themes, you know, languages, relating, communication, listening, the self and the other, mirrors being everywhere or having folks in our lives be mirrors for us, you know, because hello, this is all being highlighted because we are in eclipse season, in Gemini season, in Mercury retrograde. Yes, we are. So let's slow down and let's examine and let's explore the topic of today's episode, which are boundaries. Gentle listener, if you haven't heard this from me before, you're hearing it now. Boundaries are my bestie. I could not get anything done if I didn't have great boundaries. I could not read for hundreds of people a year if I didn't have good boundaries. And I couldn't be in integrity with myself if I didn't have good boundaries. I think practicing our boundaries, I think examining our boundaries solve a lot of our issues, honestly, and they facilitate a lot of our growth. I love boundaries so much. It was the first tarot spread I made for my patrons over on Patreon. If you sign up to support the show as well as my other work, you will receive a tarot spread a month I create and don't share anywhere else. I'll put the link in my Patreon in the show notes so you can sign up. And for those already supporting the show, you know I love you. Thank you, thank you. To everyone who's given the show a review or shared on social media or with their newsletters or with their friends, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, back to the B word, boundaries. I just wanted to provide context of why boundaries, practicing boundaries are so hard. The truth of the matter is that the culture we live in, the overculture, this is a non-consensual culture. You know, non-consensuality is the norm. People assume stuff. Some folks are entitled to other people's time and energy. Folks won't check in with one another. In general, there isn't a real huge regard for others' time, energy, needs, sensitivities, wants, all of these things. If you're listening to this, I don't really need to spell this out for you. You know what I'm talking about, you know? And because of this, most of us are not taught how to figure out what we want, let alone try to advocate for what we want or what we need, let alone have people listen to and respect and adapt to those needs and those wants. So a lot of folks don't consider what their particular boundaries are and or they're too afraid to communicate them, you know, even in so-called safer spaces, even with their intimate relationships, or their super close friends. And a lot of us also on the flip side, haven't truly understood that someone stating their boundaries isn't punishment 
it isn't personal. In fact, it's about the person stating their boundaries. And quite frankly, I believe the act of boundary communication is an act of love. It connotes trust and care and love for yourself and also for someone else, you know, to say, hey, like this isn't working for me or hey, actually I need this. For me, it's awesome when someone tells me their boundary because I'm like, this is the truth. This person is honoring their truth. They're at their bandwidth or this isn't working. And that's great. It's great for me to know because fun fact, I may be psychic, but I'm not a mind reader. You know, I don't know anyone who is. (laughs) So it's a great practice to check in with those who you hold dear, who are important in your life and ask them what their preferences are. Ask them what they like, what their boundaries are. Maybe you want to check in with what their deal breakers are and what they like absolutely don't like. I always like to figure that all out early on in relationships where I'm going to be intimate with someone or someone who I want to be my good friend or I'm working with someone, you know, so I have that knowledge, you know, or in honor of Gemini season and Mercury retrograde, ask a couple friends today, you know, or check in with yourself. What do you need more of? What are your boundaries? What do you need less of? What makes you feel disrespected? In what areas of your life do you need more space? Boundaries are just what your needs and preferences are. They're what you need in order to feel most comfortable. And they differ wildly from person to person. They keep you safe well cared for. So there's no like wrong boundaries or wrong answers here. You know, when you are in your own energy, when you feel regulated, when you feel like yourself tapped into your intuition, what does your spirit want or need? What are your preferences? That's one way to figure out how. And on the intuitive tip, Having clear and practiced boundaries are imperative if you want to be tapped into your intuition because intuition thrives in trust and in safe containers and boundaries help you make yourself your safest container. It's you. And that's, of course, also very Hierophant. We know because the Hierophant is a vessel, a vessel for connection, for energy, for intuition, you know? And of course, boundaries change. If you're exhausted, if you're grieving, if you're in a waning moon or dark moon time, your boundaries might look different than if you are in a waxing or new moon time. And that's okay. You know, I think it's really important to check in with yourself daily or weekly, you know, or situationally and tune into what you need psychically, emotionally, space-wise, resource-wise with work to figure out what those needs are. And we've got to be able to figure out how to give them to ourself first. Of course, I'm speaking about boundaries because it's this time of year. It's Gemini season in tropical astrology. And 
Gemini is so much about connection, relationships, and also honestly, because people are tired. They're burnt out. They're beyond burnt out. They've been burnt out. And we've got to be able to say, I'm at bandwidth. And we've got to be able to support folks when in our lives they say like, I can't, or I'm at bandwidth, you know? Um, So think about that. It's not just you who's like completely exhausted if you are. It's other people, you know? And if you're not completely exhausted, there might be people in your life who are. So just tune in. One common issue I see happen is that for a lot of folks, they don't know what their boundaries are until someone has crossed them, you know, um, repeatedly or in a way that feels really not okay. And for those of us with trauma responses who go into flight or fawn or freeze or who have avoidant or anxious attachment styles, or simply someone who doesn't feel comfortable advocating for themselves, or maybe they can't feel safe advocating or communicating those boundaries because it might be in a workplace, or there might be particular power dynamics. All of that can accumulate and that accumulation affects our energy and it drains us, then we might end up creating boundaries that are born out of reactions or defenses or are figured out or acknowledged after the fact. Or we might even end up using boundaries as a kind of punishment or it might feel like someone is using boundaries as a kind of punishment. And that's not what boundaries are, you know? And so one thing I wanted to bring up in this episode, because I can sense this is happening or will happen, or let's face it, a lot of us have already dealt with this, is this idea of mirrors and shadows and projections. This sometimes happens when a person has really good boundaries. That is to say, if you have pretty good boundaries, people with not great boundaries will get activated. Yes, this is a thing. People with no boundaries, not good boundaries, they're not gonna like yours. They're just not gonna like yours, you know? There's a new age slogan or idea I'm really not a fan of, and that is, you attract what you are. This is that flattened out, mangled law of attraction speak going on here, you know? So often, sometimes, we do not attract what we are. Sometimes we attract people who need healing in certain ways we've already healed. There's this show, I'm sure some of you know, it's called Transparent. And they did a musical at the end of their season. And there was this song called Your Boundaries Are My Trigger. And I thought it was brilliant because that's so real, right? Someone's boundaries are going to be your trigger. And your boundaries 
might be someone else's. You know, I think this might be called being human. Um, I'm not sure any other reasons for this, but this is just what happens. You know, we could end up attracting folks who may wish to be like us in a certain way, or they want something that they think we have or can offer them. And then when it doesn't work out the way they thought, or we aren't in this certain way, they might get activated. They could, you know, lash out. We could end up activating their subconscious, their ego, their insecurity, you know, and stuff could ensue. Stuff that's maybe not even necessarily about us, you know? And if you find yourself from time to time, or maybe smack dab in the middle of Mercury retrograde Gemini eclipse season, getting activated or jealous or envious. And deep down, when you really situate, when you really center, you know that person isn't doing anything. Maybe it's just someone on the internet or a friend you have who's super sweet. You know, you can interrogate that. That jealousy or that activation is always information. You know, it's always information around something you'd like or something you need. And also going back to, you know, this idea of maybe we activate other people. Sometimes it's just not that deep. You know, new age thought will problematically put the onus on the individual, right? We've all heard you create your own reality, you know? And again, I'm not, not saying these things aren't true. I am saying we need nuance and we are not monoliths and we can't talk about humanity like we're monoliths. You know, we just can't. Sometimes someone's just a jerk, a racist, or homophobic. A lot of the time, it isn't about you. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're not being able to deal with mental health stuff. Maybe you look like or dress like their ex and they don't even know something's happening. Maybe they just have a ton of unhealed wounds, they're unwell, and they just can't deal, you know? We don't know. We can't know. And that's why we can't let it drive us insane. We can't let it change our energy. We can't let it derail us. Absolutely feel your feelings. Absolutely vent about it to a friend. Absolutely check in with a friend and be like, you know, this person, they lashed out on me. I'm not really sure. Did I do something? You know, you can totally get feedback around that, right? And also, can we let this be the season where we try to figure out or take some baby steps around how to not live in reaction to other people's projections of you. Here's a metaphor. When you get an envelope in your mailbox that is not addressed to you, what do you do? You probably write return to sender and you put it out for it to go on its merry way. You don't open it. You don't rub it all over your body. You don't go to bed with it. You don't tell your friend all about it. Think about someone's projection or energy dump that way. It's not meant for you. 
It's got to be returned to sender. This month is such a good time to clear energy, declutter, decord, unplug energetically. This is such a great month for taking a social media break, for taking a media break, like of what you're consuming, you know, in general, and figuring out what is your energy? Like, what does your energy feel like? What are your opinions? You know, spend time tapping into your intuition. And there's a couple more concepts I really need to share about boundaries because I don't hear folks talking about it. And these are really key to peace of mind and to clear energy fields. And that is this idea that boundaries work best with yourself. You got to get your boundaries in alignment with yourself first. You've got to give yourself what you need, what makes you feel healthy. You've got to be disciplined and loving enough to give yourself what you need enough so that you can be energetically congruent. And I call these kinds of boundaries, these kinds of boundaries that begin from the inside out, that are not reactive, that are our core needs. I call them intrinsic boundaries. Intrinsic boundaries are not reactive. They come from a place of checking in with your energy, your needs, and knowing what those are and knowing what you need to do and how you need to honor them in order to stay in integrity with yourself first. This is about honesty, you know, which is another component to intrinsic boundaries. Like here's an example. Say someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it and you do it in an energy of resentment or you're disappointed in yourself. You're being dishonest to the other person. You're lying to them in a way and these lies create a dynamic and that dynamic is also an unspoken agreement or becomes a pattern between you and the other person if your relationship is frequent, you know, it be, starts to become this dynamic where you're not being honest. Of course, in that, you're also being dishonest to yourself. So this over time can contribute to a feeling of like, you can't trust yourself because you'll do things you don't want to do. You'll say yes, even though you don't want to say yes. Um, and that's something for you to interrogate because Intrinsic boundaries are boundaries from the inside out. It's this energetic alignment between thoughts, actions, and words. And it sounds simple, but it is difficult. And it's a practice, you know? Like, here's an example. Let's say, again, someone asks you to hang out. You don't want to get together with them. You're tired. And you say no. Okay. You say no. And you don't spend two hours ruminating over it, feeling like you're a bad person and maybe that person won't like you. Or, you know, you don't spend the afternoon feeling guilty, you know, because that energy is wires crossed. 
your boundaries with the other person are good because you've said, okay, I can't hang out with you, but your boundaries with yourself are not okay. And having intrinsic boundaries is essentially about not punishing yourself, not wanting one thing and then doing another, keeping your word to yourself, treating yourself well, you know, and taking the time in various aspects of your life to see what your boundaries need to be. There's love, there is work, there's spirituality, health, family, community, activism, and on and on and on. Maybe you get your little pie chart out of your life and you're like, okay, what are the different main areas of my life and what boundaries do I have around them? You know, like here's an example. For me, I have to work on better boundaries with work. Like I know this about myself. And so if I can work on that, then I have more energy and more time to be with friends or to have a spiritual practice or so on and so forth, you know? So of course, we're always going to be works in progress, you know? So we're always going to be as compassionate as we can be with ourselves because you don't heal in the same energy that the wound got created in. Maybe you take this month and you reflect on your boundaries in these different areas of your life, you know? You can set your intention to a couple times a day, check in, you know, are there emotional boundaries that need to be met? What are your energetic boundaries? What are your physical boundaries? You know, see if you can't pull your energy back, see where your energy or your impulse is to overextend or to say yes, when you really want to say no, or if there is that yes impulse, does it come from fear or people-pleasing compulsion or wanting to feel wanted in order to feel worthy, all of these things, do just do some examination. Give yourself the space also to allow yourself to show up for yourself, to allow yourself to give yourself some needs, you know? And that also begins to start this baseline level of self-trust. So I did want to share a couple of tarot cards that can help us with boundaries. Listen, there are so many tarot cards about boundaries and I can't get through all of them, but there are a few tarot cards that make sense to me to co-regulate with in terms of boundaries. Last year, I taught a tarot workshop on the subject of co-regulating with tarot cards. And the idea here is that maybe we don't always feel safe to regulate with humans. You know, I have this other course, Elemental Intuition, and one of the main ideas and practices of that course is to co-regulate with the elements. You know, maybe you do that when you hang out with trees or when you ground on the earth or when you do your breath work, you know, we're co-regulating with certain elements. And we can also do that with tarot cards. These archetypes want us to collaborate with them energetically and magically. So the first one I wanted to touch upon is the chariot. This is such an awesome card for what I'm talking about in terms of boundaries and intrinsic boundaries. So in the chariot, we see this charioteer who is contained. 
They have a shield. They have armor. They're on the move. And they're open. They're open to the wisdom of the heavens, which we see illustrated by the stars above and the half moons on their shoulders. They have taken the riddles and the wisdom of the sphinxes, which are super unlikely motivational travel companions, but here we are, and that moves them forward. Magic, wisdom, taking dualities, combinations, you know. Other renditions of the chariot have horses, of course we know, which are a symbol of movement, courage, and freedom. And the charioteer is really great for boundary coagulation because this card is about mastery through change and or mastery via change through making moves. This card moves on contained, totally protected and open at the same time. So maybe you want to meditate on that. How can you feel both energetically protected and open at the same time. The best boundaries are like rose bushes or like hedges, you know? They're natural. You can see through them, you know? They're not concrete walls unless you need them to be, right? Maybe you need different boundaries in different situations and that totally makes sense. So think about what kinds of boundaries you need. Last but not least, on this boundary tip and this energy tip. The chariot is about getting rid of baggage. You can't hold too much in a chariot or a car, just the essentials. Anything else is going to weigh it down. So maybe it's time for you to lighten your load. Think about what you're shedding. Think about where you're ready to go and what is going to come with you to help support you. I really feel like the solstice is going to usher in different energies and different opportunities. So, you know, really be conscious around what you've just got to stop dragging around. Is it protecting you? Like maybe, I don't know, but can you maybe choose a different thing? Can you maybe choose something that's more in alignment with where you're headed to help support you? as you make moves? Just some charioteer questions for you. The other card is temperance. And I'm sure this is really going to confuse some people. Are people like, why is she talking about temperance and boundaries? So I'm going to tell you why. Number one, temperance is this year's teacher card. And so I think since we're like halfway through the year, this is a lovely time to start learning from temperance you know, because we all also know, or at least in my humble opinion, temperance is a misunderstood archetype, just like the Hierophant is. I could be here all day talking temperance, but in terms of boundaries, temperance is the alchemizer. Temperance is the art card, the way that we transform different energies, how we transform energies we don't want how we move towards what we do, you know? And we do this with our beliefs, with focus, and we do this through an alchemical process, bringing in certain essences and elements 
of what you do want and composting what you don't, you know? So in the moment, how do you transmute energy? Are your energetic boundaries strong enough that other energies don't enter your energetic bubble? You know, temperance is similar to the chariot, you know, because temperance is the last line of the second line. The chariot is the last card in the first line and temperance is the last card in the second line. And these are cards that are about transitions. They're the both ands of the tarot. They've achieved something. They've accomplished something. And also they're ready for the next. They're ready to move on. They're ready to explore something different. So temperance can help us when we really are ready to vision, to move forward in a different way. And we need support in order to do this because a theme of temperance is angels, you know, uh, how source manifests tangibly or what are different expressions of source or God or goddess or goddess. There's this core Jewish prayer of protection that invokes the four angels and the four directions. Uh, I recite that just about every morning. So for those of you who are interested in calling in help, like think about your protectors, consider who or what supports and helps you. Maybe it's an element, an angel, maybe it's a certain practice, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's an herb, you know, think about what can help you, what you can call in, in order to be able to focus that much more on what you came here to do. Temperance also gives us this different perspective of Hierophant. So in terms of the Hierophant constellation, which is made up of the Hierophant, temperance is Hierophant's teacher card because temperance is 14. So one plus four adds up to five. And then, of course, we have the fives in the minor arcana. That's the constellation. So temperance is source. Hierophant is connecting to source or God or angels or the heavens or whatever it is we're channeling in Hierophant. So temperance is this card of meeting your proverbial maker. It's the integrator of the Hierophant because Sometimes the Hierophant can be dogma, can be black and white thinking, good or bad. Temperance is a blending. It wants us to look beyond these limits, these parameters, and be really interested in integration and the spectrum. You know, temperance wants us to be these channelers and artists of our own lives. And so, in order to do so, Baby needs boundaries, you know? We need to be able to say yes to more of that which lights us up, you know? We need to be able to have more bandwidth. Other boundary work cards are, again, I can't get into all of these why, uh, the Empress, the Hermit, the Wheel of Fortune, the World, the Two of Swords, the Seven of Swords, the Eight of Cups, the Eight of Swords, love Eight of Swords for boundaries. 
the Nine of Cups, and of course, the Queens. The Queens are such allies for co-regulation, in my opinion, for good boundaries, you know. And let's be real, I'm sure some of you noticed that the Queens are my go-to. Like I have such an affinity towards the Queens because they've taught me so much. And I, of course, have so much more to learn from them, but I think they can really help us with boundaries, with staying vulnerable, you know, staying protected yet open. And they really model all the different kinds of boundaries we might need. You know, wands is energy, energetic boundaries, creative boundaries, magical boundaries. Cups is intuitive and emotional boundaries. Pentacles is the body and work and worth and time, you know, boundaries around all of those. Swords is our mindset, the stories we tell ourselves. It's the truth, you know, and so that's around boundaries, around clarity, mindset, and being able to really clearly and lovingly and kindly communicate those things. So maybe you want to spend some time this week with some tarot cards that help you explore some boundaries, the ones I've mentioned or ones you've chosen for yourself. Maybe you want to take a ritual bath with hyssop and rosemary and salt to cleanse your energy. Maybe you want to hang out with some selenite or sleep with some smoky quartz under your bed or just do some ritual burning of all that you're clearing, all that baggage that you're clearing out of your chariot, you know, you can light it up under the dark moon, under this solar eclipse. So hopefully this was supportive to you. Thank you so much for being here. I am sending you so much love and so many blessings until next time. Moonbeaming is brought to you by the Moon Studio. It is created and hosted by me, Sarah Faith Godestiner. It is edited by the incredible Caitlin George Parker. Additional support is by Stella Hartman. Music is by Will Owen and myself. If you like this podcast, you can support us by going to Patreon backslash The Moon Studio and becoming a patron. You can give this podcast five stars wherever you listen and also subscribe. We'd love it if you could let one or two or three or four or more friends know about us and we accept all good vibes. Thanks so much for supporting us. Witches on planet Earth, not flying up to Mars. There is no planet B. There's a witch wherever you